Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Allen, and uh, we're happy to have you with us here on this Mother's Day. And, uh, of course, all of you. Uh, I, had a, I had a great mom. Uh, as I said in the first service, I, we didn't start going to church. I was 13, and our lives completely changed. My mom and dad were weekend alcoholics and fought all the time. And, and uh, we're talking about changing together well, with the help of the church and, and Jesus, uh, our lives were radically changed. And, of course, I became a pastor, so... Uh, we're glad that you're here. Hopefully, you make it a special day for your moms or, or your husbands, for the mom of your kids or, or uh, grandkids, whatever it might be. <clears throat> we do a series of teachings on a topic, and we're in a series called Life Apps. And uh, today's topic is the Rest App. I couldn't think of a better one for moms, especially young moms, right? Uh, probably the greatest need is for them to have rest. Uh, two weeks ago, we started with. Uh, the general topic, and we said application makes all the difference. And we understand that in the picture uh, video, you, you know, exercise, it doesn't help to think about exercising, planning to exercise, only the application of exercise. Same with diet uh, and relationship issues. We, we understand that in all realms of life, except for in the spiritual realm, somehow we get confused and think, well, if I just think it or believe it, it's good enough. In fact, James, we talked about the last two weeks, he wrote, a big part of what he wrote in, uh, in the letter we call James in the Bible, <clears throat> he said, faith without what? Works without application, without doing something is dead. It's useless. It's worthless. Okay, so we're going to take five apps for, and look at them over the five weeks. Now, last week we started with one called forgiveness. Uh, and we said, you, if you're Jesus' follower, uh, all your sins have been forgiven. If you're not, we're delighted that you're here. Today's app will be a big help to you if you just apply the principles. Um, so your sins are all forgiven, and you'll never have to forgive anybody else as much as you, God's already forgiven you, way more than that. So just forgive everybody. In fact, it goes a step farther. Last week we talked about not only forgiving them, it kill them with kindness. Remember that? And so that's even a step farther. So sometimes we even struggle with the forgiving part, much less the kindness part. So that's on our audios on our website and on Facebook. You can watch, actually watch the, actually the whole service if you like. So we're going to start off with a, a, a demonstration and I need a volunteer. Where's my volunteer? There he is. Okay, come on up here, Jeff. And we're going to, Jeff, Jeff's going to demonstrate our lives, all right? And so he's going to start walking kind of a nice uh, leisurely pace because that's, that's the way our life is, right? Nice leisurely pace. Now, Jeff's a working guy, and so he probably uses one of these, and even if he doesn't, he probably has one of these, right? And you spend time on that. So Jeff spends time at work and sometimes at home on his computer. And then, of course, he has a cell phone that we all have, most of us have one of those, right? And we, mine's down there, but anyway, anytime that rings, we almost answer it. Uh, my wife doesn't, but most people do. <laughs> Why would she answer the phone? But anyway, uh, so we have that cell phone, and we can do lots of other things on that cell phone. And of course, Jeff has a wife, and this is a picture of our family, but anyway, I didn't have a picture of his family, so he's got to take care of the wife, right? Where is she? Out there somewhere. He's got to take care of the wife. Okay, and then uh, after you're married a little while, something happens, and uh, one of these come about. So you get one of those, and then... Uh, Maybe another one of those. I only have two up here. Jeff's actually got three. Uh, he's got to spend time taking care of the kids, right? And Jeff's, Jeff's uh, a diligent guy, so he wants to take care of his body. So he, he's going to exercise, and he's going to get that in his schedule. 
And then, of course, we all have to eat, right? Jeff, you eat? You ever eat? Does he eat? Mom, yeah, yeah. And of course, we all, almost all of us, have our refreshments. And uh, got to have your refreshment, Jeff. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but my life doesn't go at that pace. So, Jeff, we need you to pick it up. All right? Life goes a little faster. I think a little faster than that, actually, especially at your age. And uh, don't drop my wife. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you for Jeff for demonstrating uh, our crazy lives for us. Now, we laugh at that, but that's the reason we laugh is almost too true, isn't it? There's something about our society that tells us more is better, right? So, I put on your outline <clears throat> this question. Is your life robbing you of the joy of life? Because these bodies are gifts from God for us. And these are important. And, and God gives us instructions about how they should best function and how we should treat them. Unfortunately, many of us are living what we might call an exhausted life, right? And God wants us to have, enjoy our lives. And it's kind of hard. We call it, actually call it a rat, a rat race, don't we? Well, the good news is today's app will help you restore the joy of your life and get past your exhaustion. The problem is, as soon as I start talking about it, I know the pushback, because it's my pushback, right? I can't do that. I got too much to do. I can't get everything done in the time I have. I need, uh, to, my wife and I say sometimes, we need to clone ourselves, get everything done, right? If there's two of us, maybe we get it done. But what I want to encourage you to do this morning is to avoid trying to push back and just try and fight back. Fight for this very important principle or application that God gives us. And I think you'll see it's well worth it. If we're, it's worth fighting for. Now, I need to say this. There's no neutrality when it comes to this life app. There's no neutrality. Either you ignore it and suffer the consequences... Some of us are doing that. Or you listen and do it and you reap the benefits from that. No neutrality. So we're going to look at two stories from the Bible. We're going to look at one story about a guy who didn't listen. He didn't do this and the consequences in his life. So he's going to be a negative example for us. And then we're going to look at another guy that, that, that had it figured out. In fact, he had everything figured out. And uh, look at the, the pattern or the example or model he gives us. <clears throat> and then I'm going to give you some three practical applications. It could be more, and you can go online or in the Internet and find all kinds of personal applications. And then I'm going to give you a short homework assignment, okay? So that's where we're headed. We ought to be done here in about 20, 25 minutes. All right, so there's this guy in the Bible by the name of Elijah. And we got Elijah out there? Yeah, we got Elijah out there. All right. Uh, he was a really famous prophet, one of the biggies in the Old Testament. And when he was alive, who knows who, who the king was? Ahab was the king, anyway, okay. Ahab was the king, and he was, he was, he was, a, he was a bad king, and, and uh, uh, he wasn't uh, a spiritual guy. Even worse than him is his wife. Now, everybody knows his wife. Who's his wife? Jezebel. All right, we even know that term, don't we? Somebody said Jezebel. Not very flattering, is it? So she was really uh, an ungodly person. In fact, she brought, or she was a leader in bringing what we call Baal worship uh, to Israel. So we had Elijah kind of leading up the, the, the group of worshiping God, and then the king and queen are leading this group 
of Baal worshippers. In fact, in the story, we're going to see there was 450 priests of Baal. Now, maybe there was more uh, of God, but all we have in the story is one. So we got this 450 to one. So there's conflict going on, all right? You know, Elijah believes that they're God, uh, you know, the true God, and they believe Gael, Baal's the true God, and, and there's this back and forth, they're going back and forth, and the people are kind of in between. They're, like, they're going back and forth. They're worshiping God a little bit and Baal a little bit. And so Elijah's fed up with this. Okay, so he says, I got an idea. He says, why don't we go up to the top of this mountain, Mount Carmel, and we'll set up two altars. Okay, you put an altar to, to Baal, and you put some wood on it, and put an uh, animal sacrifice, and I'll do the same thing. And then whoever's God can, we can call down fire, and God will supply fire to burn up this sacrifice will be the one true God. Now the amazing thing to me is they, that, that Jezebel and the, and the prophets say, hey, that sounds like a good idea. I think we ought to do that. I don't know if they'd seen their God bring down fire in the past or not, but they, they thought that was a good idea. So that's what they do. They go up on this mountain, they prepare it, and Elijah says, hey, I'll let you guys go first. All right? And so they said, fine. And so they start praying. And they start yelling and dancing around and this goes on all morning long. Now, my favorite part of the story is um, Elijah's standing there and says, hey, I call it trash talking. We would call it trash talking today. He said, hey, 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 maybe you need to get a little louder. Maybe your God's distracted. He's busy doing something else. Or maybe he went on a journey. He's in Disney World or something. Maybe you need to, you need to uh, get his attention. Or maybe he's taking a nap. You need to wake him up. My favorite part is maybe he's relieving himself. I don't know if God's need to relieve themselves, but anyway, Elijah's just poking at him, making fun of him, and so forth. He's just trash talking, and I'm, they get frustrated with this, of course, and so they start yelling and screaming and dancing around louder. They start cutting themselves, trying to get their God to bring down fire, and then it gets to be time for the evening sacrifice, and Elijah says, okay, had enough, all right? You've had your turn, uh, nothing's happened, now it's my turn, but he said, this is too easy. Okay, <laughs> this guy's, your name, you got a good namesake over here. But he left, okay, Elijah left, he's back there. You got a good namesake. This guy was, is, was crazy, all right? He says, I, I, this is too easy. Let's dump some water on it. Give me four buckets of water. We'll dump four buckets of water on it. Eh, that's not enough. Four more buckets, four more buckets. Still not enough. Third time, four more buckets. In fact, it, there's a trench around the altar and it, it's overflowing with water. And Elijah says, okay, now we're ready. Right? He starts praying, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one true God, bring down fire and prove yourself to be the one true God. And instantly, bam, the fire comes down and just burns up the meat, the wood, even the water evaporates. It's all gone. There's this tremendous victory for the one true God. And the people bow down and say, yes, Elijah's God is the one true God. But the story doesn't end there. It says that Elijah kills all 450 prophets of Baal. I'm glad I'm not part of uh, that type of thing. I don't know how, how he did it and how long it took or whatever, but the truth is they're all dead, all right? And uh, that's where we're going to pick up the story. So this is chapter, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3. When Ahab got home, see, Ahab was there. Jezebel must have stayed in the palace, whatever. So he got home, he tells Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. Ah, that's pretty, pretty bad, right? So she sends a message to Elijah. 
May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. She doesn't follow through on this, by the way. But anyway, that's her threat. Now, what do we expect Elijah to do? If you know the story, just use your imagination. He just had this tremendous victory, this tremendous faith. He called down fire from, from God. You think, ah, no big deal. Bring it on, Jezebel. I've just taken care of 450 of your prophets. I can handle you. Now, all I can think of, a, one woman must be scarier than 450 men. That's all I know. <laughs> because that's not what happens. What happens? Elijah was afraid. And I appreciated the song about no uh, child of God. We have no fear. He was afraid. And he ran away. He ran for his life. He went to Beersheba in town of Judah. And there he left his servant there. So he had some company for a while. And then he left his company. So now... He's afraid, he's ran away, and he's all alone. Not a good place to be. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveled all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. Now, I'm thinking, why did you bother run away? You just stayed there. Jezebel would have taken care of that for you, right? But uh, he's not thinking rationally, of course. He said, I've had enough. Ever been there? Can't do it anymore. Had enough. Maybe in your marriage, maybe in some job situation, maybe your health issue, maybe some other financially. I, I, I just, I had enough. I just can't do it anymore. Moms, you've all been there at some point. I know my mom was with me, so I'm sure your mom was with you. Had enough. I can't do it anymore. So hopefully you never went to this place. He said, take my life. I know better than my ancestors who already died. Now, he, he was one of the greatest guys in history. So he was better than his ancestors. So that wasn't true. But he was kidding. He's not thinking right. Why? Because he's in a bad place. He's completely exhausted and worn out. I don't know how much strain it was trying to, to, to represent God against all this, this evil and then slaying all these, all these folks, evil people. He's completely worn out. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, he's just completely worn out. Doesn't have anything more to give. And that happens to us. I put on your outline, when the circumstances of life get bigger and bigger, at sometimes, not all the time, our God gets smaller and smaller. You know, God can handle this much and maybe this much, but this much, you know, God can't handle. So again, he, he, he's depleted. Of all his resources, mental, physical, emotional, etc. Let me ask you a simple question. Did God know this? Does God know you when you're had enough? Of course he does. Sure he does. And our app today is going to help you not get to that place. Now what we think he probably needs at this point is a pep talk from God, right? Okay, Elijah. Just you and me. We conquered the 450. We can get through this. You know. That's what we think he needs. Now... We're not going to cover that part today, but eventually he gets the pep talk. But I want you to watch the pattern. And this is huge. This is big. What happens? Well, he laid down and slept under the bloom tree. So he took a nap. When he was sleeping, the angel touched him and told him to get up and eat. Looked around, and there by his head was some bread, baked bread on hot stones, a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and then he took another nap. Bible goes on. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, same deal, get up and eat. Because you've got a journey ahead of you. 
And this will be, uh, will be uh, ahead will be, be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank again. The food he gave him, enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he slept the night. So what's going on? Let's see. He slept, he ate, he slept, he ate and drank. Then he took a journey, got some exercise, moved around, then he slept some more. Again, God's going to get to the pep talk, but he wasn't going to hear anything from God in the state he was in, right? And sometimes you and I get in that state where we can't hear from God. Because we've ignored this principle of rest. We so undervalue it. It's amazing. Um, when we talk about spiritual disciplines, you know, if you're Jesus follower, things you should do. You should read your Bible and pray, maybe fast, come to church, put some money in the offering, you know, get involved in some ministry maybe, go to your small group. But how often do you hear, take a rest in the list? And how many, on your, how many of you on your to-do list have rest not on my list and we have this kind of crazy idea that uh, I'm going to wear out not rust out well why are those your two options we need to recharge re get re-energized reinvigorated re-encouraged restore our passion now medical field science knows all about this they've been telling us since I was a kid how many hours of sleep everybody need Eight hours of sleep. Now, there are exceptions. You might be the exception, but just go, go with me, okay? Uh, the average American gets 6.9 hours. We'll round it off to seven. So in one year, you and I have lost, what, 365 hours of sleep. Now, how well do you function if you just miss one night of sleep? Not very well. Or even a couple hours if you only get three or four hours of sleep. You don't function very well. You may be more cranky. You certainly more, aren't more efficient, are you? If you add that up, you lose 15 nights and days, 24-hour periods in a year. That's half a month you lose of sleep just by missing one hour a day. Now, this is I thought was really fascinating. They interviewed kids, and they said, hey, what do you most wish your parents would change? 1,000 kids from 3rd grade to 12th grade. They also interviewed 600 parents and asked them what they thought their kids would say. Now, what did the parents think the kids would say? 56% of them said, ah, more time with mom and dad, right? That's the answer they expected. Only 10% of the kids said more time with mom, and 15% of the kids said more time with dad. So what did the kids say? What was the overwhelming response? My parents are so tired and stressed out, that was the problem. That they wouldn't be so tired and stressed out. The vast majority, that was the answer. So science has figured it out. <laughs> Our kids have figured it out. When are we going to figure it out? So how do you do it? Well, again, we're Jesus followers, most of us. And he uh, put it on your outline. He had this a pattern in his life. We can look at what Jesus did in all aspects of life, but in this area too. How, how did he deal with this? Um, I don't know what's on your to-do list, but you know what was on Jesus' to-do list? To be the Savior of the world. Anybody got that on their list? Whatever's on your list, is it as big as, as difficult as that one? Don't think so. So, Jesus formed some 
great miracles. One of the miracles he performed, he fed 5,000 men plus women and children. So massive amounts of people. He probably took them all day long to feed these people. So we're going to pick the story up right after he'd done that, okay? Took a lot of time and energy to do that, of course. Immediately, not hours later, days later, but immediately after he'd fed everybody, he insisted the disciples get back into the boat and cross the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. So he engaged in ministry and he withdrew. Withdrew from people even. Uh, of course, he spent time with the Father. He got to spend time with God. And this is the pattern. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus engaged in tremendous ministry you know, draining ministry, and then he withdrew to be replenished and restored. So here's kind of the summation of the, of the teaching today. Your life and my life moves to a better place when we move at a sustainable pace, not the pace that Jeff was trying to keep up, right? A sustainable pace, excuse me. So let me give you three practical areas to work on. Tip one, 24-hour Sabbath or fa uh, rest. Now, <clears throat> we sometimes forget that God created the earth in six days and then he, what did he do on the seventh day? He rested. Did God need to rest? God didn't need to rest. God never gets tired. So why did he do that? Again, we get the pattern all the way from the beginning of history. Work six days. You can work as hard as you want for six days. Seventh day, you rest. You enjoy life. What do you enjoy doing? If you want to sit on the couch or take a nap, that's fine. Some of you like to fish, go fishing. Like to play golf, go play golf. Wives, I've just told your husband they could go play golf, all right? <laughs> One day a week, though, not, all, not every day. Some retired people can go more often, I guess. Um, go for a walk, go for a hike, whatever you enjoy doing. God wants us, again, to have joy, the joy of life. Uh, and just kind of put your cell phone, the email, the Facebook stuff aside, maybe, or mostly <laughs> for one day. God wants us to know how good our lives is, how good his creation is. Now, I know the pushback, if you're in some kind of business, you say, I can't take time off. My business is going to suffer. Well, let me kind of try and prove that wrong. Chick-fil-A is a good example, right? They seem to do, be doing fine. I just went by there this week. There was cars backed up as far as you could see. And it was, uh, it was about dinner time, I guess. You ever been doing a crossword puzzle or, or words with friends or one of these other puzzles and you get stuck? Just can't figure it out. I can't come up with a good word. I can't, don't know the answer. And you went away and did something. Maybe you went away and took a walk, whatever. You know, just whatever. And you came back and when you looked at the puzzle, guess what happened? Just, I knew the answer. Or there's a great word right there. Why didn't I see it before? What did you do? You gave your brain a rest. You replenished your brain did you get smarter while you were gone? You didn't get any smarter, did you? So, um, besides, this is when, in God's top ten list, right? Top ten? What number is it? Four or five down there? Four, I think it is. Take a day off. One out of seven. Now, I struggle with this. You want to pray for me about something? This is something. Because I work, somebody, most of you, it's this day, right? I work on this day. <laughs> I can't count this day. So pray for me as I try and figure this out for myself. 
tip two, sleeping aids. I don't mean pills, okay? And you can go online and learn some of this stuff. One of the things is turn off electronics an hour or so before you go to sleep. Please don't check your email before you go to sleep or, or Twitter. Now, if it's something good, that's great. But if you get something nasty or negative just before you go to sleep, that ruins your night's sleep, right? And don't check it the first thing when you get up in the morning. What should you be reading first thing in the morning if you want to read something? Read the Bible. Read God's Word. You should start every day this way. God, what do you want me to be and what do you want me to do? Good way to start, right? What kind of person do you want me to be and what do you want me to do? And tip three, a quarterly recharging. <clears throat> now, you might be in an intense stretch right now because somebody's going to be having a baby anytime, maybe this week or next week. And that first three months, it's pretty intense. The baby doesn't sleep very much and mom gets all worn out and dad sometimes too. And, and so, you know, after that three months, you need to take more than a day off. Now, we just in March, Deb and I got away for two days on a retreat. It was, it was great. And the weird thing was it happened to be the same week that our management team, church management team, management team retreat was on Saturday. So I'd say, how do I have time to take two extra days off this week and not have time to work on church stuff on Saturday? But it worked out fantastic. We got recharged and it helped us be great, better leaders for, for, for the retreat. So Elijah was not immune to this. Jesus wasn't immune to it, but he had a body like you and I, but he was wise enough not to ignore this principle. So you and I aren't immune to it either. And just one other thing before we finish. Rest is always associated with trust. Rest is always associated with trust. So who do you trust? My wife doesn't like it when I say this, but she'll get frustrated with her schedule sometimes and say, you have just enough time to do whatever God wants you to do. Isn't that right? I don't like hearing it either. She uses it back on me sometimes. So when I say, no, I don't, to that question, I'm saying, well, I can't trust God with the rest, Right? Sometimes I have trouble delegating. The reason I have trouble delegating, I don't trust the person I turn it over to, right? I don't think they'll do a good, good job as me or they'll do it at all or they won't do it right or when will they get around to it. So rest is always associated with trust. So if you're pushing back at this today, it's really a trust issue if you're a Jesus follower. Do you trust the best way for you to function is the way God designed you, and the way God designed you is to take one day off a week. So here's your homework. Evaluate. Is my current life pay sustainable? This is a tough question for me because I don't know <laughs> right now. Mine's pretty, pretty fast-paced. And you can evaluate yourself very well. So if you're married, get your spouse to do it, get your kids to do it, your parents to do it, somebody like that to help you answer that question. So again, our statement, your life moves to a better place. We all want a better place when you move at a sustainable pace. So let me pray with you or for you and praise Him come and lead us in the last song. Father God, thank you <clears throat> for all your principles, but this is a biggie because in our society, in our culture, uh, some of us don't get this. We think working more gets us more. <clears throat> and uh, we pay for it. We suffer the consequences. So God, give us that balance. Give us a wisdom to know how to do it and the courage to actually do it. We especially pay for moms because they, I know my wife gets, has worked harder than anybody I, I know uh, raising our kids and keeping our home and, 
doing ministry. Uh, God, give them rest so they can be recharged and be the best moms they can be. We can all be the best Jesus followers we can be. And if you're not a Jesus follower, we're going to pray that you would step across that line and say, hey, I'd like to start following, see how, how it works out. And we thank you in Jesus' name.